It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's the goal Hello Bubba Bunch and welcome back to another episode of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast It is episode 198 and today we have a very special guest returning from a, a, a long time ago and you know for his opening statement Eddie Gonzalez take it away you know uh, we haven't played great football uh, you know don't ask me who's going to be the starting quarterback next week the game just ended you know tired of all these questions you know look you know the, the money is what it is you know we spent the last four years selling out you know, went to three Super Bowls, went to four Super Bowls, won three, went to an AFC championship. I don't know what else you expect, you know. We're in this situation because of, you know, we sold out all those years. And, you know, if you see those six banners that we have in our stadium, that's that's a good indication of that we it was money well spent. So, look, we'll be okay. Stop asking questions. One more question. Um, Jets matchup, week 17, how you feeling? You know, the Jets are a good football team. You know, they've been playing real well. Uh, you know, they've been some good teams the past couple of weeks. They're getting hot. Uh, Sam Darnold, I think he doesn't have mono anymore, so he's fine. Uh, Adam Gase seems to have uh, figured out how to coach. and Even you know, more dangerous. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Uh, we'll see. We'll probably uh, lose it on purpose to get a higher draft pick. Bill, what do you, what do you talk about with your son at home you know, <clears throat> when you're not talking football? All we talk is football. Beautiful. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> that was the voice of uh, Eddie Gonzalez, uh, the OG guest on the Bubble Up Sports Podcast from many years ago, back when it was a dorm room at UNT, a toilet literally three feet away, being flushed in the background. Yep. If you were there, you know. You know. Never forget. Never Room forget. 11. You had, you were <laughs> don't fuck now. <laughs> I think I was on the eighth floor, so like eight twelve. I don't know, something like that. That I I believe that sounds legit. Sounds legit. Um, but hey, man, look, it's been a rough year for all of us. And if uh, you would have told me that the Cowboys and the Patriots would be right there with each other as far as record goes, as far as performance goes. I would have been like, you know what? It's going to be a good season. Because you would have thought you would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, here we are, you know. Um, how, how's that? Uh, how about we just, uh, you know, make a treaty and we just get dacked in New England? How would you feel about that? I think that would work, but you got to get weapons, man. doesn't matter who you put in there as quarterback. Mm-hmm. There's no one to fucking throw to, like. Tight ends. I mean, Devin Asiasi. We haven't seen much of him. It, he's played. He played like every single snap last night, and he had. I heard his name maybe called once, twice. Three targets, no, no completions, and that's been the storyline of like this this whole season. It's trying to get the tight ends involved. Obviously, guys like Jacoby Myers made a name for himself this season. Yeah, I, he stood out really nice. Demir Bird, he's really fast, but I don't think he's really a threat. So it's kind of like, eh, you know. It's, but he has that relationship with Cam Newton, of course, because Carolina, so that kind of helped. Nikhil Harry, up until you know 
three weeks ago, he was just kind of like a blocking wide receiver. But now, little by little, like he's starting to come into his own. Um, I think the cur- the comments by Michael Irvin helped. I don't know if he heard them, but I think I feel like he did because as soon as those comments came out, he started playing better. He started playing more physical, more tough, like running like through people. Um, but it's just hard to get him the ball when you know you only have like a second to throw and he's not getting open. So, well, I mean, look, I think. I mean, we just talked about it, how we feel about this year's kind of done for. They have a Week 17 matchup against the Jets. And honestly, if I'm if I'm the Patriots, I know tanking isn't usually their thing. I think it's the Jets thing. But getting that ninth overall pick instead of the 14th overall pick is better for them. I still, like, in the back of my mind, I still feel like Bill Belichick will just do something completely different like he did with Kyle Duggar. And Kyle Duggar's worked out tremendously. We'll get to him in a little bit. But, like, just the idea of them drafting a wide receiver that high is just so unlike Bill, in my opinion. So I don't know what they plan on doing. But, like, I I think this year it was bound to happen considering that you've had 20 years of just pure excellence and perfection in New England that if you – if you, we all get one, right? We we all get that one year where we're just like, okay, let's let's back it up, let's let's just start fresh, and yeah. like this whole conversation watching that game last night because Bills just trounced the the Patriots. Like the Bills are super hot; they look like they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and New England just kind of left out there in the dust, third in the AFC East. But look, I, I think they've played good football this entire year. Like they play hard. Even though they don't have the offense to match it, their defense to me is still really good with all those opt-outs. That's why I feel like next year they'll be better because they'll get a lot of those guys back. Um, you got to re-sign J.C. Jackson. You really have to. That man is just an absolute beast at creating got, turnovers. Got torched yesterday, though. But, hey. Hey, okay. hey man. Hey, it happens, right? But he's, when, he, when he's the number one guy, he's not a number one guy. He's that, not. That, no. That's, so with Stefan Gilmore back and he's the number two, oh, he's a perfect number two. Mm-hmm. He is. But as a number one guy, we saw it yesterday. It's it's, uh, it's, it's hard because it's yeah. Stefan Diggs, and this man is just racking up the numbers every week. So, I mean, I feel good about the Patriots going forward. I don't, you say it's going to take more than a year. I'd say give it next year. And we won't see the Patriots back in the Super Bowl, but I'm saying they'll still be in contention to make the playoffs and, and make a good run. Yeah. Obviously, cool. the the elephant in the room is Cam Newton or their quarterback situation. You know how I feel about Cam Newton. And I would say I'm correct about Cam Newton. I've always been. But in my opinion... Cam Newton's probably going to be the starter next year. I think, I think the thing with Cam Newton is is he kind of gets like a bad rap, and he's kind of put in a bad situation. I mean, I think everyone expected since it's New England and it's Bill Belichick for it to just kind of work right away. But yeah. you got to remember there was no preseason, no like he he we signed him late, you know, so you didn't get a chance to you know get with the team until like a month before the season started, and even then, you know. They're not allowed to, you know, hang out with each other outside of the facilities. So he couldn't really build those relationships, which he did, though, during practice and stuff. He didn't get a chance to play in the preseason games or get a chance to get acclimated to, like, the New England culture and the New England, like, playbook and stuff like that. And Josh McDaniels didn't get a chance to really figure out what he had in camp. 
they really hadn't seen Cam like only in the practice field. It was until like you know the first four or five games where they were like, oh, okay, so you can still run the ball well. Okay, you could do this well. Oh, you can still throw a deep ball really well. Okay, okay. So little by little, they were still trying to figure it out. It's hard to figure out what you have in a player when you get down by like 17 early on and you're like, oh shit, like what do we do now? So you kind of have to revert back and just, all right, now we've got to play catch up. That's why in games, like when they blew out the Raiders or when they blew out the, you know, the Chargers recently, you saw them kind of running plays that they hadn't run all season, but it was because they had that wiggle room to, hey, let's try this play out. It doesn't work. It's fine. We're, yeah. we're up by 30, you know, or let's run this play. Oh, it doesn't work. We're up by 20, whatever, you know, like that's why in those games, you saw them running the plays that worked because they were trying to figure out or plays that didn't work because they were trying to figure out what they had in camp and really what what they had in their offense. I, the thing with, um, what's it called, with New England is I think they didn't figure out their identity and they were trying to be like a like a play-action team, kind of like the, the Titans are, you know, like run first and then play-action. But when the run game wouldn't go, they would revert back to what they were for, you know, 20 years where it's just pass, pass, pocket pass, pocket pass, pocket pass. And Cam Newton's not a like a pocket passing quarterback. We all know that. It's right. obvious. You know, those little short passes, that's not him. That's not a play style, a play calling that caters to him. And you see he fucking throws it, hits the ground. Because he's not used to throwing balls like that. Tom Brady, that was that's oh, that's his bread and butter right there, you know? Boom. That's why James White didn't have as many receptions as he has in years past. Because that's what would work for New England. So when we'd go down by like, you know, seventeen what would Josh McDaniels do? Revert back to what he knew and revert back to what he like knew worked. But the, per- the person that made that work was Tom Brady because he would make those short little passes and boom, 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 eat up the yardage, you know? Death by a thousand cuts, whatever you want to call it. But that's not the thing with Cam Newton. That's why when Cam Newton would throw a deep ball, it was a beautiful deep ball and it'd be completion, you know, like stuff like that. Because Cam Newton's not good at short passes, maybe even like medium passes like that. But deep passes and on, he- he's good at. And that's... What the Patriots failed to do, I think, is fail to run plays cater to him, which is not entirely Josh McDaniels' fault or Bill Belichick's fault. It's just there was no one to throw to. You only have like a, two seconds to throw the ball, and if you don't have players getting to those spots, like you kind of have to hold on to it and fuck, like got to wait for something to happen. And oh shit, got to run now. And Cam Newton run out, and you know he gained like two three yards, and that's the best he could have done. Um, of course, he's had like he's thrown some bad balls as every quarterback has, but. I just think the situation's bad, and I think that's why Bill Belichick hasn't played Jared Stidham either, because he knows, like, no matter who I put in that fucking offense, like, it, it's not going to work. Like, it's not going to, unless it's, like, a generational talent, you know, like, you know, Tom Brady had the same offense last year, actually more players than now, than there are now, and he had a better defense to keep him in games and stuff, so we, we're seeing what was last year, what last year's team was supposed to be, but the only reason it was decent is because we had like a third place schedule uh, and so it was an easier schedule and Tom Brady was there and he was doing what he does best and keeping like the team in games. That's why come playoff time when we played the Titans, like it was like, no, you're not supposed to be here. You know, we lost in the wild card. Like it was like, oh, okay, we're not that good. Even though we were 12 and four, you know? So this year it's just, I think we're seeing what this New England team was supposed to be last year. Yeah, I, the opt-outs definitely don't help at all because a lot of that goes through the the defense. I mean, you got Dante Hightower. You you have all these guys from the secondary. It's it's a matter of time before that collapses to where they went from, like, one of the best defenses we've seen for a good stretch of time last year 
to now being like, you could see those moments of like, oh, they're a good defense. And then they're like, oh, okay, this is where they're lacking. But, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you on the fact that they just don't have anyone to throw to. They've had Julian Edelman basically on IR the entire season. He cannot get healthy. And to bring him back and have to be the number one guy, he's just not that, in my opinion. He's a great wide receiver, but he needs the accompaniment of like someone else, of yeah. a, I don't know, like, if you want to put Jacoby Myers in there, but it's whatever. But like in past years, whether it's um, Malcolm Gronk. Mitchell, Gronk. Yeah. Like, it needs someone there. It's a collective unit like it is for the running backs. Like, any given week, you can have James White go off, Rex Burkhead. Right now, it's Sony Michelle that's playing really good coming back from injuries. And then at the beginning of the season, Damian Harris was absolutely insane. But it's a collective unit. It's not just one guy that can do all the work. So, I mean, honestly, what's really interesting about the Patriots was, like, whether it's a win or a loss, like, they always stuck to their guns of, like, run first. Like, even in that Chargers game, I was like, they didn't do anything different in their playbook. They just were just so mismatched with the Chargers that it just worked in their favor. So they never had to go to anything else. Like, their 45 points, some of that came from special teams, but really it was, like, running game first. And some of it was passing, but it was like, you're going to utilize your running backs all day, every day, and the Chargers just can't stop it. And sometimes in their losses, that's what killed them. They just stuck to their running backs, and they were behind too early. And Cam Newton just can't do that work to get back to the game. So, I mean, I I think the future is really good in, in New England because you know how much I've praised Josh Uche and Kyle Duggar. Chase Winovich is an absolute monster. I That's why I feel like they're going to be fine. It's just maybe get a few skill players, whether that's Odell and free agency, which to me makes all the sense in the fucking world. If you like Cam, if, if it's literally Cam and o, OBJ, I'm like, okay, I am taking that. Cam will succeed, and I will say like he is now average to above average in my opinion yeah. with OBJ. Yeah, like with Cam, the thing is, is like if the defense is really good, and that's why I think like all the opt outs and stuff, like we don't keep them. I think. If we get a higher draft pick, I honestly think Bill Belichick will take a defensive player. Honestly, like that might be one of the reasons. Like he might yeah. take one of, like a defensive end or something, because he knows what he has in Chase Winovich, Josh Uche, Kyle Duggar. You know, like young guys that I don't think would have had an opportunity had it been for those. Like if those opt outs didn't opt out, they wouldn't have had an opportunity. Oh yeah, you definitely wouldn't see Kyle Duggar for most of the year. So it's kind of like it was like a blessing in disguise. You know, it's like. Okay, you know, we had all these opt-outs, but we got to see, you know, Kyle Duggar more. So it's like, uh, okay, kind of works out. And if you want to create more cap space, you get rid of, you know, Donta Hightower, Patrick Chung, you know. Um, like, big-name guys that, you know, did a lot for New England and the defense and stuff. And you can probably get a good amount of stuff for them from different teams who, you know, need that veteran presence in their locker room in a guy like Donta Hightower and Patrick Chung. Um, but... What I think, like uh, like I said, Bill Belichick's going to take a defensive player in the draft, like high up in the draft. That's what I think is going to happen. And, and if Odell comes to the Patriots because of Cam Newton, I mean, I don't expect Cam Newton to be like, you know, an elite level quarterback and, you know, playing like he was his MVP year. Really, that's not needed from him if, you know, the Bill Belichick builds the defense back up to what it was or kind of what it was. And the run game is, I mean, we're set with that. 
as long as we can get the offensive line healthy, we sign Odell, maybe one other, you know, player in a tight end. Cam Newton doesn't need to play, you know, like perfect. He doesn't need to play like elite like he has had to in Carolina or even like what people expected him to do this year. It's like, you know, he just kind of gets to play, which is exactly what's needed. Yeah, it opens up the playbook tremendously because now it's like you you actually run passing plays that are designated for one wide receiver. It's not just see who's open. But Yeah, and that's, that's all it is. I think if you add any receiver – and you even mentioned going tight end Kyle Pitts in, in the first round. I'd say you can get him in the second round, no problem. That that way you can actually get a tight end that plays very well. Um, adding anything, it it makes it easier for Julian Edelman. It makes it easier for Dante Moncrief. Makes it easier for Demir Bird and and for um, Jacoby Myers. Oh yeah. So I think in general, it's like this kind of like a reality check for the Patriots of like. I know, Bill, that you've been doing certain things. Josh McDonald, you've been doing certain things for this amount of time with Tom Brady. It's like, well, that's kind of gone. I think Monday Night Football crew just did overboard or went overboard with the fact that, like, Tom Brady's gone, people. And I was I like, I wanted oh. to mute it, bro. Like, I mean, they're they're not the best. I mean, cool graphics. That was funny, but I like I like Lewis Riddick, but the other guys like. I, I just don't like the ESPN crew. I just don't like ESPN in general. Like, it's like we get it. Gone. Like Tom Brady's gone, but like, let's seen. We know. Yeah, it's it's just like we need to move on. Like the Bill or uh, the Bill Belichick and the Patriots are trying to move on. Why aren't you? Like we get it. Tom Brady's gone, and they're missing a quarterback. If it, if it was like Cam Newton that was balling out, Jared Sinem that was balling out, they would have been like Tom Brady would have never been mentioned. But it's because of their struggles that they're assuming it's like it's because of Tom Brady. And a little bit is it uh, like is the fact that he's gone because the playbook and the way that you're play calling, you're kind of just settling for Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. But you just can't think that way when you're trying to run a, a football team. And I don't think Bill's doing that. So um, well, I just think like with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, I mean, it, it was a 20 year run or whatever. And, you know. We can't say Tom Brady didn't help build that system. Obviously, he did. He had a lot of input and stuff. So it's kind of like, you know, in those panic situations, you kind of revert back to what you know and you revert back yeah, to, like... you find your scapegoat. Yeah, and right now, the scapegoat doesn't really work with Cam Newton because Cam Newton's, like, the opposite of what Tom Brady is, you know? So it's kind of like what they need to figure out is how to cater more to Cam Newton and in those pressure situations, like, find the plays that work for him and not like for what worked for in the past, I guess. Because like, like I said, they were just doing a bunch of like short little screen passes and stuff like that, which, you know, Cam Newton can do, but it's just, that's not his, that's not his bread and butter. You know, that's, you got to do what's best for him. Um, but as far as like the ESPN crew and everyone, you know, harping on Tom Brady being gone, it's like, yeah, we know, you know, it's, he signed in March. It's been like a lot. It's, it's almost been a year since he signed, you know, with the Buccaneers. So it's, we're used to it, you know. A lot of people are on the Cam Newton train, like I am. You know, it's like we're fans of Bill Belichick and the Patriots. You know, Tom Brady, wish him well. And, you know, hope they do good things, and they have been kind of. But that's it. We moved on. You know. Yeah. On to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. Well, with the Patriots out of the playoffs, and we go into week six or week seventeen. So some interesting things developing in the AFC. 
as far as who gets in, who's out, especially with the loss for Tennessee. I mean, just an absolute blowout in the snow on Sunday Night Football against Green Bay Packers. So now, with the Colts losing to the Steelers in a horrific game to watch and the TikToks that followed, um, Corvette, Corvette. Uh, so we have basically to where if the Tennessee Titans lose, Colts win, Colts are in, or Colts win, they're in, Tennessee's out. If the Browns, if the Dolphins or the Ravens lose, and the Colts win, if any one of those three teams loses, then Colts get in. And whoever loses goes out. And then, this is where it gets interesting. Even, like, ties. Like, you can get in with a tie. But, like, I don't know, man. And they have, like, some really rough matchups. Like, the Dolphins play the Bills. Dolphins have been Bills. playing really well, but... Bills are probably going to arrest their players. I would assume so. Because they've right? locked the second seed. Have they? If they have, I, I think they arrest their players. Let me see here. No shot they play. They clinch a divisional title. Well, no, they 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 haven't locked the second seed because Pittsburgh's number three. They <laughs> own the tiebreaker with Pittsburgh, but um, like I think Pittsburgh loses playing Mason Rudolph because they're going to start Mason Rudolph over Ben. So he'll have a weekend to enjoy himself, literally and metaphorically. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what's going to be his best friend. Oh my god, for those listening, he pulled up a moisturizer. I was going to say the incognito tab. That's what I would have said. Um, it's dry skin, which I'm sure... Something's not going to be dry after you use it. God. Uh, That's what he did at halftime, bro, I'm telling you. He had to. He was like, hey guys, you know what? I know we're down. Go pee real quick, alright? Alright, Ben, sorry. Hey, he's been gone for a while. Where is he? I'll be back. I'll be back. You hear that? <laughs> what is that? Comes back. He's like, all right. Let's do it. He's all pumped. Like, Why are your hands sticky, Ben? It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Juju's in the corner saying, "These so many TikToks are on the line with this yeah. game. Yeah. But he won't dance on the logo. Okay. And yet Anyways. they made one right after the oh, Dude, like. AFC North champions. <laughs> you literally sucked. Phillip Rivers is what cost him in that game. Who would have thunk it? Anyways. Okay, so we have... We have at number four, Tennessee, they play the Houston Texans. Which is is a pretty good matchup considering like if you want to take the over on that in betting. Because there's no defenses on either side. And Deshaun Watson's been balling. Sean Watson has been playing really good since, like, early November. Uh, I mean, he's really found his stride. It's just the fact that this team sucks. And they, I mean, like, their defense is just non-existent. So that's why I'm saying this is a good matchup for offenses. If you're starting any of these players in fantasy, you put them right at the fucking top. I mean, Corey Davis literally put up a goose egg last week. Thanks a lot. But I'm going to put him in this game because Houston Texans have no secondary. And J.J. Watt's going to yell at you if you don't play. By the way, that did you watch that? I did. I felt inspired. Like, 
I feel like that is mentioned a lot more in like locker rooms and with other teams. Like that, that happens to where you call out players. You're like, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. But to, that's probably what happened with the Jets. That's why they're winning. I mean, no one likes to lose. It's, and so, like, I think from a fan's perspective, like, for the take the Jets, for example, it's like you want them to go in 16 to get Trevor Lawrence. But as a player, as an athlete, I, I think Lewis Riddick yeah. talked about this. Like, you just don't like losing. You don't want to lose. And so you're going to go out there and try to win every single game. You're not going to, oh, wait, I'm going to, you know, risk losing my job so this franchise could have, you know, find their franchise quarterback. It's like, you know, same thing with the Texans. I mean, yeah, their record isn't amazing, obviously, and they're out of the playoffs, but you still got to play to win. They've only had four wins. It's, it sucks, but a lot of games they could have won, which I think hurts more. Yeah. Um, that's always hurts more. So I, I really liked what JJ watched that. It's, I think it proves to him, like, it proves how good of a leader he is, like, on the field and off the field, of course. And he's not afraid to hold other players accountable, which I think is great and everything you need. Oh, with everyone... I think they're going to get rid of him, though, but I mean. See, I don't. I don't think that. I, I think the the idea of him leaving Houston makes sense, and I, I think it's best for his career. Yeah. But I don't think he would want that. I, for all yeah. that he's done for Houston and the amount of love that they give him, I think him retiring with one team makes all the sense in the fucking world. Unless he goes to the Steelers, joins his brothers. That. And now imagine the TikToks there. Oh. Corvette, Corvette, JJ Watt. You really think those TikToks would be happening if JJ Watt was there? Um, like yes, because then Juju would like sneak into like a little part of the locker room where no one can find him, like Antonio Brown when he went Facebook Live after the after the game, like no one noticed until after. Mike Tomlin was talking about how they're going to beat the Patriots next weekend, and they lost. Yeah, I remember. Right. Yeah. So I feel like Juju would find a way, or at least some tweets. But the thing with the TikToks, though, it's like, like he said, like that was a part of his personality. It's like, dude, like just TikToks are not a personality trait. It's like the same person that says, like, I watched The Office. That's not a personality trait. (laughs) So, like, I think that's why, you know, Big Ben, they had that players only meeting. And like the way he handled that whole situation was weird. Like, I don't know if you like heard about that, but like he came out in the press conference was like basically like, yeah, I called the players only meeting. And we're good. Like everyone was like, "Oh, well." Okay. I, I I read a report that said that Big Ben and a lot of the guys on the team didn't know that Juju was dancing on the logos. Apparently, yeah, and that they found out, and that's why they had that meeting. And that it, at right after he was like, "For the betterment of my team, I'm not going to be doing it anymore." Blah blah blah. Which whatever. is bullshit because if they would have won those games, like against the Bengals, they would have kept doing it. But it's because too. he got leveled by Von Bell and they lost oh, that yeah. game. Yeah. That's why he apologized. What's crazy too is like um, former players have come out and like talked about um, in the opposing team's locker room at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have like the logo there, and like every time a, an opposing team goes there, they're always told like don't step on the Pittsburgh Steelers logo. Like we don't do that here. Like blah blah. Even in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room, like former players are like, yeah, that logo is sacred. We don't step on it. You're not supposed to step on it. And if you see, like, in all the locker room TikToks that they make, they're all fucking dancing on it and not even realizing that they're stepping on it. Yep. So it's like, I mean, maybe they just don't, like, they don't care about that stuff. And But, like, as a older person, I guess, I mean, I don't know. It's just, 
you just don't do that you know you, you respect the logo and that's like a team it's like a brand it's but that's just me i i just i don't know what it is like it's cool to be different like i think juju's personality is is something that the nfl needs but i just sense that this is going in the direction of what antonio brown was in that team with Antonio Brown is he was balling every week and he it was like ah, okay he did that now nah, whatever he did yeah that if now. you back it up then I can withstand a little bit but Juju's not balling like he's not putting up Antonio Brown numbers to be acting like Antonio Brown obviously he's not doing some of the same stuff but like this whole bring attention you know bringing attention to him unwanted attention basically putting a target on his back like, yeah unless he was you know 100 yards and a touchdown every game then you'd be like, ah, okay, let him dance. You know, let let the kid dance. But <laughs> you know, it's 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 not a good look. It's just not a good look. It's not a matter of like, oh, it's affecting his play. It's affecting the team. But it's just not a good look because you're giving the people who don't like you, you're giving them ammunition to attack you, and the people who are kind of have their you know th- like doubts about you, you're giving them a reason to not like you, and you're giving you know other teams a reason to like hey all right you want to dance on our logo like josh allen like that whole fucking right before they're about to play mm-hmm. he's like they want to fucking dance we just want to win blah, blah blah and he's like let's go out there and fucking win and what did they do they won like, yeah they dominated the steelers you know it's mm-hmm. like you're just giving them like bulletin board material i mean they're getting routed in the first round right who would they play it, okay they would they would play the ravens right now but depending on what happens week 17 i mean i think i think lamar jackson well i think that defense is playing better and what everybody fine. take a poop uh that defense is finally playing better to what people assume they would play like and then their offense look i i think ultimately what kills the baltimore ravens is that if they have to throw the ball they they can't throw the ball well if lamar jackson goes down by 10 points he has like a losing record, or something like that. Oh yeah, because you, you sense the frustration whenever he he yeah. lacks a fast start, and if they can't run the ball because they need to catch up, they're not going to be able to do that. But what the Steelers do is they start like like they start slow. Yes, like they, they do. So if Baltimore goes up early, they oh, it's over. Hold on to a it's lead. Over. Yeah, doesn't matter how good you know Big Ben or how much he you know you know you know. Doesn't yeah, matter, you know, but because Lamar Jackson's like, and it, you know, stops mid game, wobbles over, mm-hmm. cramps, yeah, and then big trust, you know, it's a, big trust, big but trust. If they win and Buffalo loses, they'd play Cleveland as of right now. But yeah, because if they beat Cleveland, oh no, but then Cleveland would be out of the playoffs. If the Steelers beat Cleveland, they're out of the playoffs. Cleveland's out of the playoffs. That's Unless. if Indianapolis loses or – well, they would get in with a tie. But if the Colts lose, then they're out as well. So I think Cleveland would stay the same. So if both teams loses – if both teams lose, excuse me, then nothing changes. So, it's, so if – The Colts need to win no matter right, what. Right, right, right. They right. need to win. And or tie. They need to tie. They need a tie as well. They can get in with a tie. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Low key. I mean, it, see, it makes sense because it really it's a neutral game. Indianapolis can clinch a playoff berth with an Indy win and a Cleveland loss, mm-hmm. meaning they would take Cleveland's like yeah. spot. So then they'd end up. We'd potentially see a rematch, 
of the Steelers and Colts in the wild card game. And because Baltimore would stay the same. If Miami wins, Baltimore wins. They stay the same. Cleveland loses. Indy wins. They move up to that seventh seed. And if if Cleveland loses, that means the Steelers won. They move up to two. Two would play seven. And then the Bills would play Baltimore. Tennessee would play Miami. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like a messy playoff. You know, ha- Have you been watching Sunday Night Football lately? I have, yeah. Do you know that guy in the, like, the pregame show where like it's yeah. this new guy and he's like very excited? Sure, yeah, that sounds – Yeah, that he's sounds... the one that did the political – like when the whole, um, the whole presidential stuff was going on, like the campaigns – not the campaigns, election night. He was doing the exact same thing. So they got him – to Sunday Night Football. Oh. He was on Pat McAfee's show. Oh, I didn't know he's that. A, he's a huge Patriots fan. There you go. There you go. In Boston. That guy is so, like, interesting. He's like, he's like, and if this team wins, then that decreases the chances by 16%. But if they win, it's like... I think it's the khaki pants that gets me every time. I don't know. But, I mean, I could do, like, an impression of him here. So, right now, the Steelers have a 100% chance of winning the division, 100% <laughs> chance of making the playoffs. The Ravens have a 90% chance of making the playoffs, and they have less than 1% of a chance to win the division, obviously, because, you know, there's only one game left. <laughs> the Washington football team has 49% chance to make the playoffs and a 49% chance to win the division. Cowboys have 27% chance to win the, make the playoffs and a 27% chance to win the division. Now, sir, what are what's the percentage of Dwayne Haskins going on a different team, and what are the chances of him being at the strip club within 24 hours 100 percent. okay he's for both there. or for, for both or just, just one no he's already there okay. he's already there oh, okay okay free agent strip club got you got you signed strip club mm-hmm. yeah okay makes sense that's it 100 percent. yeah no doubt that one's easy give me something harder um let me think let me think the packers have a 72 percent chance to clinch the first round by I thought there he did. It says right here, seventy-two percent chance. They oh. haven't clinched the first round by yet. Interesting. Oh, because they're only one game ahead of New Orleans. I get that. That's okay. So now that we're talking about the NFC, look. Ultimately, I think that if Washington plays Alex Smith, they win that Dub. game. Dub. Yeah. Because honestly, though, I'd be interesting to. S- interested to see what taylor heineke who by the way i couldn't figure out what college he went to is old dominion who is just known for just great quarterbacks but yeah. conference Obviously. usa utep go miners no oh and and Ka. yeah north texas um mason fine where's he i thought he was signed to a practice squad i think like denver's practice squad but i don't think he's there anymore which reminds me what if Washington football team, call up Steven Montes off their practice squad. Because on his Twitter, do they? Well, I think, okay, so it was at the beginning of the season, it was Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and Brandon. No, not uh, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle Allen's hurt. Kyle Allen's hurt. Uh, Dwayne Haskins at strip club. And Alex Smith is banged up, but I think right now I, I'd say it's, it's his other leg, right? Like his other calf. Yeah, it's not his. It's not his. Uh, his jacked up leg. 
And I think on his practice squad or on their practice squad, it's Steven Montes. On his Twitter, if you go on his like tweets, some of them, like, he, he liked some tweets that, that were talking shit about Dwayne Haskins. I was saying, like, he can't complete a pass and he can't play quarterback. He liked those tweets. Put him right here. Friendly fire. I, I will find him. But. Maybe he deleted or unliked them. Oh, I guarantee he had to. There's no way that you can just leave that on there. So why not, for El Paso, Texas, you call up Steven Montes. You say, fuck you, Taylor Heineke. Go back to Old Dominion. This is my house. I played at Colorado. Better program. You start Steven Montes. You win the division. Or you just have him as the backup just in case Alex Smith gets hurt again. Well, yeah, then you're guaranteeing t- Taylor Heineke would, would, uh, would come in. Because I think that's what they did last week. No. No, no, no. You put him as the backup instead of Taylor Heineke. I'm okay you with that. You still bring him up, and you have three quarterbacks, and then you sit one, obviously. Only one dresses, and then Alex Smith starts. If for some reason you guys go up, or, if, or not you guys, but the Washington football team um, goes up on Philadelphia and is winning by like 20, you put him in. There you go. I love it. I love it. Then next year, the Cowboys sign him. They say, Dak. Go on your way. Andy Dalton, you're old. Steven Montez, you're the guy. Yeah. Texas grown. Texas forever. And then Dak Prescott comes to the Patriots. We sign Adam Gase to be our offensive coordinator because Josh McDaniels leaves to be the head coach somewhere else uh-huh. because he wants to be a head coach. We bring in Adam Gase. We bring in Sam Darnold as well as a backup. Right. Dak teaches him. Uh-huh. We have Dak for a year. Let go of Cam, obviously. Dak plays with us for a year. We send him off somewhere else. Sam Darnold is our franchise quarterback. Sign Jameis Winston to be the backup. Oh, God. You lost Sam me. Darnold. You lost Sam me. Darnold gets mono again. Jameis Winston comes in, wins five Super Bowls. Eat those W's, baby. Eat those W's. That's it. I think we just, I think we just, 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 we just commissioned the league. I see that happening, honestly. 100%. What that's percentage of that happening? Hundred percent. Ninety-five percent. Ninety-five percent. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. Five percent chance that Sam Darnold gets mono again. So, before <laughs> we get to sign him. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. So he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. As long as he's not going to strip clubs, he's fine. Yeah. Um. Have you seen what the matchup is going to be like for the Rams versus the Cardinals, quarterback-wise? Two backup quarterbacks. I have. I don't even. I can't. I couldn't even tell you who the quarterback is for the Cardinals. Honestly, never heard of them. I, if you would have told me that like the Cardinals backup was like Carson Palmer, I would have been like, I believe it. You're like, oh, it's Kurt Warner. Okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. I I gotta look this up because I genuinely don't know who these oh, guys are. Fine? Okay, that's fine. I mean, it, it's probably his last game with the Cardinals. Because they he retires. Where where are they? Okay, so so the Cardinals need to win, and the Bears have to lose. The Bears in order for for them to make the playoffs because Tampa Bay already clinched a playoff berth as the first yep. wild card. So then the Rams. Okay, oh, okay. The the Cardinals and the Rams play. So then the winner of that automatically gets a playoff spot but i think arizona still has a chance to make it to the wild card if chicago loses which they're playing green bay they're playing green bay 
Now it really depends if they're starting their guys. Green Bay probably is. Because sure. they, they got to clinch the first round yeah. by, if you really think about it. Chicago's playing good. But Aaron Rodgers is but be you, you got to score more than like 43 points. Discount double check. And he's like. Yep. Yeah. Just, just two pumps or three pumps? Yeah, that's a penalty. Um, so then, yeah, I, I think. Okay, so Arizona can clinch a playoff berth with Arizona win, or they tie, and Chicago loses. I'm gonna take off my jersey real quick. Hold on. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'll keep talking, keep talking. So that's very interesting. All right, let's see here. Um, because Jared Goff has a broken thumb, he just had surgery on it yesterday. So John Wolford will start, and then who? John Wolford and uh, John Wolford will start for the Rams without a Cooper Cup. Without Cooper Cup, because he's on the COVID list. So Robert Woods and uh, Josh Reynolds will be be uh, their their starting guys, and Tyler Higby. And they're what's the other running back? Not Cam Akers, but the other guy. Well, Cam Akers, I think, is questionable or doubtful for this game. Daryl Henderson also got banged up He's last out. week. He's out. So then it's Malcolm Brown. I think Cam Akers is going to play. I think that's what they've been. He's been practicing. I think. I, think. He, I mean, he's been banged up though. Let's see here. So then for. Former CFL quarterback Chris. St- Streveler for the Arizona Cardinals against the double AF product. That's the American Association. No. What was the AAF? I have no clue. Didn't it go under? Oh, God. Let's see. And then they said product John Wolford. Alliance of American Football. That doesn't exist still, right? No, it, it's, it's, a, it's done. Jesus right? Christ. Well, I gave you guys like John Wolford. Sorry. After eight weeks of play, the league's football operations were suspended by controlling owner Thomas Dundon. Man, oh god, what a matchup that's going to be! I'm excited. What what time is that game at? It's the afternoon game. I think you take the under on that, right? Obviously. Well, no shot. You take the over. I don't even think. No, you don't touch that one. You well, just don't I don't... touch. Them. I, I could see the Rams not scoring more than, like, 10 points. Because guess what? Like, the the way that they succeed is by running the football and running yeah. play action. And yep. if Jared Goff doesn't screw up, then they score. But Jared Goff played terribly last week, and now you're putting in a guy from a football association that doesn't exist anymore. And no one's ever heard of him. So you're going to rely on him to throw the ball without his number one receiver? And you really can't run the same offense for Arizona because that is no read options. That is no QB draws. I don't know what this Stevler guy can do, but I don't think he's Kyler Murray. And Kenny and Drake can't run the ball to save his life. That's going to be a shit show of a game, I think. I'm taking the under on that one. And then what do we got that's left? Gonna, that's going to be like... A- Oh, what if it's like a really good game? What if it's like a shootout? And these quarterbacks just fucking... No, you can't do that. If if you're the Rams, 
defense that has been destroying offenses all year long, and you give up 30 points to John Stevler. Hey, they don't call him the Stev for nothing. Right. Yeah, you know your stuff. Uh, And what else, what else, what else? Oh, yeah, the NFC East stuff. So we were talking about this before the the podcast started. Like, I I don't think Dallas gets in. I think Washington wins because Alex Smith will start. And honestly, I just want to see what the Cowboys defense does. They've been playing better. They've been playing really good over the last three weeks because they actually lead the league in turnover margin. They have the you highest better, amount of turnovers. Yeah, you better get some sacks on Daniel Jones. I mean, that you have to. You have bad. to. Like, Bad, all I want is for a good performance, solid 60 minutes. You get two or three turnovers because Daniel Jones can't take care of the ball. And I just I just want you to not give up 20 to 30 points. If you can do that, I think Mike Nolan keeps his job. If Daniel Jones goes for four touchdowns and they can't stop the run, which is known in Dallas, then you fire Mike Nolan. That's what I think. I don't. I don't care if you make the playoffs or not. That is my want for this game. I don't think Daniel Jones throws four touchdowns. I don't think he throws an interception either. I just think it's like the turnovers you get are probably like forced fumbles. Because I like. That's what he's known for, of course. Well, because fucking, he's like, hut defense is already there on them. Offensive lines like clueless. Like they're like. Oh shit! That was my guy supposed to block him, and then they look back, and Daniel Jones is like, oh, getting blown out, man. Like it, it's. I mean, they had a man. good stretch to where like. They did. Where everyone was like, "Oh, the Giants." Because their offensive line was playing better, but it was really because of that defense. You know, not giving up a lot of points, not a lot of yards. Uh, I I actually liked this defense a lot. I th- I thought coming to the year they were very stacked and talented. But when you can't score points and your defense has to stay on the field a lot longer, then it really doesn't matter. But I'm kind of interested because the secondary for the Giants is really good. James Bradbury versus Amari Cooper is a solid matchup that I'm interested to watch. And then Michael Gallup's been playing really well over these last couple weeks. They finally are utilizing him in a way that I've been waiting for all year long. And then Mm -hmm. CeeDee Lamb's kind of been silent, but still productive. Yeah, he's still a threat, though, for sure. And then, of course, it's all going to be a matter of what Ezekiel Elliott does. But Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's my guy. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's no shot. As if, unless, I mean, unless Jalen Hurts pulls something out and fucking runs, you know? <laughs> a couple of those, you know? Sunday Night Football. That's what I like because I'm hearing that people want it to be switched to where the Giants and Cowboys game is on Sunday Night Football and the Washington games before. And I'm like, no, like whoever wins from the Giants and Cowboys game wants to cheer for the Eagles on Sunday night because that's the matter of like if you get in or not. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. I I think that's going to be like a real good like Washington's fighting for that playoff spot, you know, and Philadelphia is just kind of like, okay, you know. And they're at Philly. Yeah, that's and home field advantage isn't that important this year. But now, okay, okay. Let me. If the Eagles win, but they're eliminated already. Okay. Yeah, so they they have no chance. Okay. If the Giants 
win and Washington loses. Giants get in. Because they've beaten they own the tiebreaker or what? Because that means if, if Dallas loses and Washington loses, all your records would be five and ten. Or six and ten. Cause for the Giants. How would the Giants own the tiebreaker? That's what I'm trying to, yeah, like difficulty of schedule? Strength of schedule, I mean? Ooh, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Um few moments later. I think you're confusing me even more. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Watch. Let's say the Giants beat the Eagles. They move up to 6 and 10, right? Washington No, 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 no. The Giants oh, are playing the Cowboys. Me. Oh shit, yeah. The Gi- okay, that makes more sense. That that's why I was confused. Giants beat Cowboys, right? Mhm. They go to 6 and 10. Dallas goes to 6 and 10. All right, good. There's but then the Giants Washington. have the better yeah, division. Washington loses to the Eagles, so then they're at six and ten, right? Yes. But because the Giants won, they'd go to four and two on the division. Washington, since they lost, they'd go to three and three on the division. So that means the Giants would go, would be the champions of the NFC East. Yes, because I am. Because of the division, they'd be four and two in the division. Plus, I think they well, own the tiebreaker for the wins. Between them and Washington? Or, yeah. What was it? Yeah, the Giants beat Washington early in the year. They actually won both games. So because yeah, you guys would be 2-4 and four in the division. Yeah. So if Washington loses and the Giants win, the Giants are in. Yeah. If Washington loses, you guys win, you're in. Yeah. W. That's it. Hey. Hey, that's all it took. It took us like five minutes just to. That's that's probably right the worst there. five minutes of this podcast ever. Get that out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> just, just blur this out. Oh my god! Why does this happen every year? It comes down to the week seventeen matchups for the NFC East, and I absolutely hate it. Everyone stinks. Yeah, they stink. It doesn't matter anyways because what what are we looking at? We're looking at whoever whoever wins has to play Tampa first, probably. I day, but as of right now, it'd be at. So like, Tampa and then there, yeah, you. the NFC East team hosts the game. That's why. But I don't think that matters. Like, if it's if it's Washington or if it's New York, I don't think they have fans. Hey, it's playoffs. Anything can happen. Right, yeah. But if it's the Cowboys, they have 30,000 people in the stands. Congratulations during a pandemic. True. But it's Tampa. Unless Tampa loses in the Rams. Oh, no, but they have the tiebreaker with the Rams either way. Never mind. Who's Tampa playing? They're playing the Falcons. Again. Oh. Again? Yeah. Well, they're in the division. Didn't they just play them this week? Yeah. They... they... For for certain teams, it was like they play them twice in the last four weeks. Oh, they played Detroit this past week. I forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah they absolutely murdered the fucking Detroit Lions. Jeez. And they play Atlanta. Oh man. How can you put one of your few games on Saturday, like Saturday afternoon, or just Saturday in general? How do you put Tampa Bay versus Detroit 
as one of the Christmas weekend games, and it's 47 to 7. I think at the beginning of the year, when they were planning this out. Yeah, I have no fucking idea because the lines didn't look good at the beginning of the season. Like, you, like the idea of them playing on Thanksgiving doesn't really matter anymore. Like, I really think that if you're the NFL, you stop doing this, like, you have to do a Cowboys game. You have to do a Lions game on Thanksgiving. I get some tradition, but do it like the NBA does it. Like, just put stacked matchups that make sense going to the weeks prior and say, this is going to be a good game for that week. So next season, what would your Thanksgiving Day games be? Three of them. Three games. What would they be? Well, I think they already have it set to, like, which divisions they play. No, 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 but it was you. But if, like, you were Roger Goodell. I'm doing Green Bay versus New Orleans. Or I'm doing Green Bay versus Kansas City. You're going to have them play back-to-back? Wow. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I think the Super Bowl matchup right now is Green Bay versus Kansas City. Yeah, me too. I like Green Bay. I'm rooting for Green Bay. And if you're in the AFC, just do Kansas City versus Buffalo. Oh, yep. Because that... I see that. that I, I would love that game right now. Or, I mean, Pittsburgh versus Baltimore is always good. Well, not on that Wednesday, it wasn't. But uh, on that Wednesday, it was not. It was bad. Bad football. Look, I, I saw Tampa and the Saints again. That's what I want. No, nah, because both times this season, the Saints just completely controlled Tampa Bay. Yeah, but on a, like on a Thanksgiving day, like it's like, all right. Well, it makes sense. Tom like, Brady versus Drew Brees. I like that. I feel like there'd be a lot of hype, you know, like oh, it's not going to happen, you know. Give me the not two worst time. teams in football on Thanksgiving day. That's what the Pro Bowl should be. That's what the Pro Bowl should be. Uh, you should earn first pick. your first round pick. Like the, the idea of, of tanking, it makes sense on paper, but – like we just said, like players don't want to be 0 and 16. They don't want to be 1 and 15. So, if you want to be the first overall pick and say, we earned an opportunity to get the best player in the draft, you do it by saying, fuck you and your Pro Bowls, and you put me against the second worst team in football, according to their record. And if you lose, you're just so bad that you don't even deserve the first overall pick. And you get the second pick. We win, so we get first pick. Because out of all the bad teams, we're not the worst. But then you get into the whole, oh, they have to play an extra game. NFLPA is like, no, we don't like that. But it's like, hey, think of it as a playoff game for your future. You know? like Yeah, give, it, give your season some meaning, right? Like, if you're going to tank all year long, you're preparing for that Pro Bowl game. Exactly. Like, you're like, okay. And you win, you get the first round pick, you're chilling. Like, instead of doing these, like, when it's not COVID, like doing these London games or these bad Thursday night games, just give me one bad game at the end of the year because it doesn't make sense to do the Pro Bowl but, before the Super but Bowl. Put a lot of meaning behind it. Put That's a lot what of meaning makes a behind bad it. Game good. Yeah. Like bad teams, if there's like a really, like, hey, they're playing for the number one pick, it's like, oh, gotta watch this, you know? It might be, and they might suck. Both teams might suck, but it's. Who sucks less is what gets yeah. the first round. It's your toilet. It, huh. It's your toilet bowl. <laughs> That's really what it is. That's all it is. And I don't mind watching that. I'd watch. Yeah, because I, I don't watch the Pro Bowl. I, I don't care I about the Pro Bowl. I don't think anyone does. But I will care about the Jets versus Jacksonville. 
Gardner Minshew. Or Mike Glennon. <laughs> Long neck Mike Glennon. Versus Sam Darnold. Hey. Frank Gore at 87 years old. Still He's not playing. I can play. Yeah, why is he out? Lungs, I think, or something like that. Lungs? Something like that, I think. Just for ha- just for having lungs or stomach or chest? Uh, something like that. Injury. And we'll probably end it on this. This is probably his last game in the NFL. And he won't uh, even play it. I think he plays another season. There's no way. I mean, if you're the Jets, you don't keep him, right? I think you do. He hasn't been bad. Just take Zeke. Just take him. Please. Take that contract. You don't work with Le'Veon Bell, dude. He will end his career with exactly 16,000 rushing yards. You can't fuck it up, right? Like, you don't want to play and end with 16,041. Unless he has, like, a monster game and it's, like, yeah. 200 yards. Like, he, like 200, even 100. Like, like that. But, no, nah, that still doesn't look that clean. Are those rushing yards or, like, all scrimmage yards? No, it's just rushing yards. Oh, fucking just throw the bottle in then, you know? But, but he is out due to a lung injury. So are we talking like Tyrod Taylor or? How many total yards has Frank Gore accumulated in his career? Probably a lot. Give me the Frank Gore stats. Give me some some hard Gore stats. He plays one more season, I think. How old is he? Eighty-seven. Right old. <laughs> it he's says he's thirty-seven. Oh, him and Larry Fitzgerald are the same age. I would have assumed that Frank Gore is way older. He's only getting paid a million dollars. Well, that's the veteran minimum, right? I think. Yeah, but he's good. Yeah. Rushing and receiving for his career, he has sixteen thousand rushing yards, and in receiving. He has 3,985. Wow, he has a perfect 16,000 rushing yards. That's that's crazy. So here's what you do. Hold up. Let me do the math really quick. You have him carry for no yards. And then you throw for 15 yards. That will put him at 20,000 total yards in his career. And how long has he been in the league? Isn't it? Um, It's 15. It's 15. Yeah. Damn. So here's what you do. No. Screw that. In his 16 years in the NFL, he has 16,000 rushing yards. You never give him the ball. You just sign him. You just say, stay home in case of an emergency. We'll, we'll get you. But we won't give you the ball. So that way it's 16 years, 16,000 yards. And if you want to, this is where we're going to end it. I We're just going on a fucking rant. Frank Gore Jr., who is playing right now at Southern Miss, and I think he's a freshman. Could be wrong. He's a, he's a freshman. I think he has to stay another year before he can declare. And then 
you go with him like LeBron's going to do with his son. You don't play Frank Gore. You play Frank Gore Jr. And they're both like on the depth chart. And and that's it. Like you just end your career playing one season with your son, which has never been done in the NFL. And then he becomes the running back coach and coaches his son. Yo. Then they win six Super Bowls. And that, my friends, is the inconvenient truth. That's man. Take that for data. Wow. That's actually his nickname, the inconvenient truth. That's... Wait, who, Frank Gore or his son? Frank Gore. The inconvenient truth? Yeah. I mean, if that's an MMA fighter, I'm not betting on him to win any fights. (laughs) He plans to play until or close to his age 40. So, I mean, that, I I think his main goal is to play with his son. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Like, that has to be the goal. Because there's no way. to resign? Oh, my God. Uh, He was forced out last game due to a lung contusion. Lung contusion, man. I mean, when you're getting old, you need that oxygen. I don't think that's what a lung contusion is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I looked up lung contusion. The first thing that comes up is Frank Gore. It's just a, a bruised lung. That's all it is. He experienced blunt trauma to the chest. God. Well, add on 11 fractured ribs and you're Drew Brees. Hey, Taysom Hill's their quarterback. Don't at me. I'm surprised you didn't say Jameis Winston. Nah, because Jameis Winston's the future quarterback of the Patriots. If it's between Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, I'm Cam taking New- I'm taking Jameis Winston. Because I, mean, I mean, at least you're getting a balanced quarterback. I mean, you understand my argument, right? Oh, here we go. This is how we end it. You know, Cam Newman's our guy. He's putting us in the best position to win football games. You know, you got to respect the run. That's it. And uh, Cam Newman gives us the best position to win. Thank you for watching episode 198 of the Bubble at Sports Podcast. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a better draft pick? And do you cuss when your team get their ass kicked? Now, do you keep it classy or you keep it ratchet?